Getting leadership buy-in isn't easy in any role, but working in social media brings a special kind of challenge. In this episode of Tech Transformation, we're talking with Tiffany Pegues, the head of social search and CRM at Church and Dwight, about some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to retail and CPG social. She shares why it's so important to balance the razzle-dazzle of marketing with having a disciplined approach on TikTok and other platforms. And she talks about how to set yourself up for success when you're operating in so much unknown territory. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RAS News, where we explore the innovative tech strategies and trends in retail and consumer goods. I'm Lisa Johnson, the Editor-in-Chief of CGT. In this episode, I'm talking with Tiffany Pegues, Director of Social Search and CRM at Church & Dwight. Church & Dwight is a consumer goods company that owns such brands as Arm & Hammer, Trojan, and Hero Mighty Patch. And Tiffany's here to tell us about what it's like innovating in social media at a 100-year-old company. But Tiffany, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be a part of this. Oh, I love having you here. I'm going to talk a little bit in a bit about just how you and I first met um, and why we decided to do this episode. Um, but for now, can you uh, get us started by telling us just a little bit about yourself and about Church and Dwight? Yeah, so Church and Dwight, as you mentioned, is a hundred plus year old company. It's actually 175 years old. So oh, there's wow. a lot well. of <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of rich history and a rich legacy. I think of myself as kind of a shepherd of that. And what's interesting is that I think like many companies, and especially in CPG, we sit at this intersection of, you know, what got us here won't get us there kind of mentality because there's so much disruption happening from a digital perspective at this day and age of where we sit. So it's kind of almost we're at the crossroads of deciding um, what sort of digital innovators we want to be or not to be. And so that's where I come in with the new digital growth team as a member of this team, which was formed in early February of this year. Exciting to be part of a new team, I'm sure. Yes. Um, okay. So you are joining us at the end of the year. You're going to be our final episode for 2022. Uh, very exciting for us, but we know Q4 is just a beast of a time for everyone. So can you talk a little bit about what's the biggest thing on your plate right now that we're tearing you away from? Oh my gosh. Well, it's always a mad dash um, to get to January, especially trying to finalize those KPIs. We try to be extremely KPI and results driven from an annual perspective um, as it relates to social. So I'm really proud of the work we've done to lean into lots of different tests and learns so that we're completely crushing those goals. But of course, you kind of set those stretch goals for yourself. So um, as we think about kind of the final few weeks of the year, it's about kind of completing many of those tests that we're currently engaged in. So where are you hoping to be a year from now? You know, if we did a follow-up episode in next, next year. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me um, that keeps me up at night is this idea of social commerce. We're a global company. So we have many counterparts and colleagues in Asia and they are completely crushing it. They'll tell you things like, oh, we sold through like six weeks of supply in one live stream. 
And you're like, what? How is that possible? How do you, even, like, how do you keep up with that? What? Yeah. And so um, I have a partner who always says comparison is the thief of joy, but you can't help to compare yourself. I know we're completely different markets with con- completely different consumer mentalities, but um, kind of the kind of prize for me a year from now is that we've capitalized and figured out how to gain our fair share of that $17 billion live stream market. So live streaming, that's a huge priority yes. for you. For- that's live stream social commerce, I'd say more grandly. Um, but how we're working through it is those tests and learns where we can really show how much of um, sales are socially and just digitally influenced. Okay. So um, I want to talk a little bit about how we first met. You were a speaker at the Consumer Goods Sales and Marketing Summit, um, which is CGT's event for sales and marketing leaders. Uh, this year's event was held in New York in the fall. And you were wonderful because we were originally going to have someone else speak on the panel. And that person, unfortunately, couldn't join. But they said they have this wonderful person who's agreed to fill in. And I, when I say it was short notice, I mean, it was really yeah. short notice. Yeah, like a few it days. Was, yeah, it was like a few <laughs> days before the event. And so you and I met and, it, you know, it's just... We said, great, this is wonderful. Um, And then when you're on the panel, you know, you were just, it was really wonderful having you there. Um, And you were there to talk about uh, the future of social media within consumer goods. And you discussed one of the things I thought that was really interesting was staying relevant uh, for the next generation. And so that's certainly something that's top of mind for all consumer goods companies. But I'd love the perspective from Church and Dwight because it's been around for such a long time. So I'd love for you to kind of share what you talked about here, um, the importance of staying relevant for the next generation and, and how you do this. Yeah, so what's fascinating is maybe a year ago, if I rewind, a lot of the conversations we were having were about the funnel and, you know, we want to do this media to reach this consumer on this part of the journey. And that's for this other part of the journey. But, you know, as we started to dabble in more and more kind of new emerging vehicles, especially TikTok, what we learned is that the funnel has completely collapsed. And if it's relevant to consumers from an awareness perspective, it will also be just as likely to help them um, consider your product and go to store. Think about the hashtag TikTok made me buy it phenomenon in particular. So this is where I think for us, it's really thinking about the consumer and how to reach them just generally and um, have a message that's motivating and authentic. So I always say video is queen because that's my key takeaway is that irregardless on what platform you're on, really these um, quick, short videos that come from this place of authenticity, often sometimes they bring a humorous light to things that is unexpected is really what I found is the secret sauce, quote unquote. So I'm sharing a secret um, with you all in order to reach consumers, especially those younger emerging Gen Z and young millennial consumers. Gen Zennials is what someone told me. Uh, we talk a lot on tech transformation about the need to get uh, leadership buy-in. And we know this is difficult across all segments of business. Uh, but I have a suspicion that it might be particularly challenging when you work in social media. 
you know, we, <laughs> I see you raising your eyebrows, like you might, you might agree with that. So I, can you talk a little bit about this? Why is it so difficult um, to still maybe prove the ROI of social media at this time and get leadership buy-in? And, you know, can you talk about how you've had success in doing so? Yeah, so I'll start with kind of um, a contrast. So I started my career at a big Fortune 500 CPG. um, And what was interesting, I had the pleasure to work on one of those legacy brands where um, this kind of the brand logo is in the hallways and people have T-shirts with that. And one of the things I really recall is that there was so much focus and attention on some things like even packaging as an example, because um, it occurred to me at one point as I'm sitting through a meeting with our executive team that every single executive has worked on this brand. So they all have a point of view. They all have like a rich legacy that they're trying to uphold with that particular brand. And so the reason why I mention this is because social media is the complete opposite. Where <laughs> That's many, a lot of baggage for a brand. Yeah, doesn't have a yeah it's a lot of baggage, but it also presents like an opportunity for, you know, guidance and you can have like a deep conversation that's steeped in kind of facts yeah. versus um, social is very different in that most of the senior executives of Fortune 500, 1000, private, any kind of company, you know, they did not have social media as a marketing discipline that they, you know, really had to get smart on when they were rising through the ranks. So what that means is sometimes the conversations about social just come sometimes because there's a lack of um the rich history and legacy, it's just in the heart here. And it's like your your beliefs, your personal beliefs. So I'll harken back to 2020 when we started to really explore on TikTok. And there was a lot in the news at the time, you know, given the origins of the that platform and where consumer data is being housed. So there was a lot of fear is what I'll say, embedded in the conversations. And so for me, and this is might be a little controversial, it's always about starting small. It's about having that test case that has as few variables as possible, right? And that's oftentimes the small brand where you can measure the direct impact of something you're doing. So it's about getting the folks in the room that truly are um, really critical stakeholders beyond marketing. So it was, you know, the marketing team and the digital marketing team sitting with sales um, to really say, okay, we are launching on this platform. We want to be able to measure the impact because right now we have no other marketing levers turned on. So we think um, we can make it successful where we could showcase how, you know, our activities on this platform can really move the needle and have a measurable sales impact. And it was structuring a test in a very disciplined, thoughtful way. And I know that's controversial because some people want to go for that big bang and they want to go for what's splashy and the sexy. They want the razzle dazzle. And I get it. I'm a marketer. I love razzle dazzle. Like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Um, my glue gun is right here because I'm going to go razzle dazzle some Christmas gifts. But at the same time, it's really important to like test and learn, truly learn is the part of that. And so you can iterate to great. And sometimes I feel like you don't have that opportunity if you're focused on uh, the biggest brand in the building. 
because there's so much attention and there's the fear that gets involved in the conversation. And I want to be fearless, right? And so I want to work with people who are fearless. And so this is where I found success and really starting small. And then you have this amazing case study that you can get the razzle dazzle around for the biggest brand. So really, that's how I've tried to order my steps in social. And um, this sometimes can take time, but it doesn't have to. I mean, for instance, we went from maybe um, two brands activating consistently on the platform in 2020 to now, I think it's our 15 brands are active and, you know, we've been successful in continuing to build on our learnings to gain a bigger percentage of the overall marketing budget to, um, really focus on social that influence sales. And that's been kind of the secret of showing the impact from a consumer perspective, not only on awareness, but also on consideration and then conversion. So it sounds like you're really working on building confidence throughout the organization on, on its impact. Yes. And it's to take out the fear of it all. So a little building on that a little bit, both fear and kind of razzle dazzle. There's a lot of misconceptions about working in social and search Um We talked during uh, the Sales and Marketing Summit about the need for social media and search training. So can you talk about how you upskill your teams and kind of stay at the forefront of being relevant? Yeah, so um, it brings me back to that earlier point of many of our leaders, they've never even been on some of these platforms. So we have what we call these top to tops. I'm very fortunate in that our leaders are open to this, right? They have that kind of continuous learning mentality. And so I'm able to work with my key platforms to bring them in. And um, we do a top to top of sorts. So how does a top to top work? Yeah, it's really just talking through like, what are the business challenges? Um, What are the things the platform is winning at uniquely that can help with those business challenges? And then how are we doing versus competitors, right? Because that's at the end of the day, I want to speak their words. I want to showcase the wins that we've had on the platform, but also talk through like, what are some of those other competitors doing on the platform and what can we learn? And not specific examples. It's like competitor A, very vague. Mm -hmm. Um, But inspiration instead of Yeah, it's really inspiration. And oftentimes it starts with this idea of leaning into a lot of the alphas and betas that maybe um, we'd be afraid to do. Um, And so it's also making sure that legal is at the table just as much as like the business leaders, right? And so it's making sure everyone is at the table to really understand and hear that messaging um, to recognize the value of that platform. And then, of course, we play fun things like do scavenger hunts in the platform just so people are familiar with some of those things we're discussing of what it looks like to really be immersed in the platform. So kind of giving them that language of social media. Yes. We need a common vocabulary so we can all speak, um, you know, eloquently and fact-based to my earlier point to take the fear out. And then the other thing I think that's interesting, and this is less at the leadership level, but more at the like um, the brand level. Right. Because some so sometimes the social teams can be separate from the brand teams. And that's the case in my organization We work very closely with them, though. And so it's really important to me that they are as embedded in what's going on as I am. 
And so one of the things we've tried to do is even do things like bring in some of our creators. And, you know, it's not just about me saying some of these creative best practices and being authentic and not beating people up with brand messaging. (laughs) Um, It's about hearing it maybe from the voice of a creator and getting inspiration from them as well. So even having a creator come and sit at the table with a brand team and um, brand getting to ask questions that they've always, these burning questions they've always had um, is really, really important to me. Do you have a favorite campaign or something that you're particularly proud of that your team helped pull off? I think the things that I'm most proud of really are integrated. So they come from the brand team and they're amplified in a way on social. So a few examples of this would be the Batiste. We've had a recess tour and it's an experiential sampling um, event where they went to different colleges and universities. And we were able to amplify that on social as well as with our influencers. Um, Some of the other examples include a campaign that's actually going on right now, and it's the Arm & Hammer um, Holiday Stain Challenge. And it's where there's a group of family influencers who are putting, you know, their spirit of having fun with each other to the test. And they're getting messy. They're in the kitchen. They're creating those stains that you love because it's rich in memories. But at the same time, they can be tricky to remove. And so that's where Arm & Hammer Laundry comes in as a solution. So it was about using really authentic voices and a representation of families that's very inclusive. So I'm really proud of that. And we were able to take a social first campaign and really on the flip side, magnify that for the brand. So they were able to do um, a satellite media tour with a celebrity chef for an example. And so really being the linchpin to the key messaging for the brand in Q4. Are you seeing more social first campaigns? Is that becoming more? Absolutely. And I think that if we think about your earlier question of consumers and this um, journey, it's really about reaching consumers where they are. and Where are they? They're on their phones. They are looking at different platforms. They're immersed there. That's where they're finding out about new brands and discovery and trends. Um, And so really it's about being where they are and inspiring them um, where they are with these authentic messages. Um, what are what's exciting to you about the future of social in consumer goods? I mean, where do you see like you can't wait to get, you know, start doing this with your own teams or what do you see kind of, you know, maybe even five, 10 years down the line that, that you think is just going to be really exciting? You know, it's so fascinating. I what I love about social is that it's always evolving. It's always changing. And there is no kind of order of what's going to happen, right? We're still in our early stages. And so for me, that's something that excites me is that every day is truly um, a new discovery. It's truly different. I hope in five, 10 years that we've truly cracked the code of social commerce, not just for D2C native brands that are familiar with selling direct to consumers, but those mass brands. So we're empowered to take the relationship, not only from awareness to discovery to fulfillment um, in our own hands. And so this is where, to me, social commerce really is about reaching consumers in all aspects of that journey, 
um, and meeting them where they are, not just for discovery, but also so they can purchase a product and experience it and have those one-to-one interactions with your brand. So I hope that we are, you know, doing a lot more social commerce. It's an always on element of our social Um, campaigns and also that we are leveraging that consumer rich relationship we're building to have more of those one-to-one personalized type communications. Okay. Well, I have one final question. Uh, We've been talking a lot about social media, but I want to talk just for a minute about search. I would love to learn from you. What is the one legacy SEO term or belief uh, in consumers that you wish would just die? Like, what is the one thing that you always hear, maybe a common misconception about CPG SEO that you wish people would just stop sharing? Is there anything yeah, that just makes so your skin crawl? <laughs> the biggest thing for me now, and I think this won't come as a surprise, is the biggest thing for me now is that it begins and ends with one particular search um, field. Right. Searches and the definition of search to me goes beyond a search can start anywhere. A search can start as easily as it does on Amazon. And you see that as it could for um, someone on a social platform. And so, so is it the, just like thinking of Google as search, whereas yes. really TikTok is used. I, we know that TikTok yes. is, I think, the number it's one not, search. Yeah, it's not isolated to just mm. any one search bar is what I want everyone to stop thinking about. And I think you see a lot more think pieces being released, especially from a Gen Z or Gen Zennial perspective of how many searches are really originating beyond Google, on Amazon, on Pinterest, on TikTok, et cetera. So do you find that's kind of a challenge when you're communicating, you know, um, across the business that getting people to think beyond just the, the one platform? I think it's an opportunity because how might we evolve kind of even the the buckets of where we spend money? And, you know, we think of this is the search budget. This is the social budget. But what if it was just one pot around reaching consumers? And so that gets me excited because it's like, oh, a challenge. I'm going to take that on. Awesome. Okay. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for taking time out to come talk with us. Loved having you on Tech Transformation. I really am going to press for, I think, a follow-up a year from now to see how things have have gone. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) I look forward to it. And um, thank you so much for having me as the final guest of the year. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit rasnews.com and consumergoods.com to sign up for our newsletters.